0: Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties, listen to the questions you have.
1: We find pros in the know to help you learn.
0: And connect with our amazing VO community.
2: Welcome Welcome to to VO VO Booth Booth Besties.
0: Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties, listen to the questions you have.
1: We find pros in the know to help you learn
2: and connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome
1: to VO Booth Besties. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to VO Booth Besties. Like our intro said, we're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know each week. We'll have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. Speaking of which, we want to be sure you are all current on all our awesome speakers we have coming up and other exciting opportunities. So we are, so you can get on our email list and we have started a Facebook group. I know, I know so many of you are in like a million Facebook groups, but ours is different. Ours is special. We have a big announcement um, about transitioning away from Clubhouse as well. And so we hope you'll go over to the VO Booth Besties group and join and find that announcement tonight. We'd also love for you to be on our email list. So you can join that at VO Booth Besties, no at boothbesties.com. I'm a mess, guys. You can hear it in my voice. I'm so sorry. A quick bit of housekeeping in order to stay on topic and get as many of your questions answered as we can. We're actually gonna keep hand raising turned off. However, the chat will remain open and this week I will be monitoring that. Now, without further ado, our guest will be here shortly, but let's go ahead and introduce her. Over to you, A.B. All right, yep, I was just popping her a message
0: really quick. We have tonight, uh, La and we are thrilled to be joined by her. She has been a professional actor, voice talent, director, and producer for over 40 years. She is the owner and president of Lollapidus Company with hybrid online and in-person studios in Boston, New York City, and LA. She is also the proud pioneer and VO talent agent artist for MCVO, It's a division of Model Club Inc. in Boston with a voiceover roster showcasing the top talent from coast to coast, representing talent from five countries worldwide. MCVO serves clients regionally, nationally, and internationally in genres ranging from commercial to industrial to animation. In addition to MCVO, Law's boutique coaching studios offer top-tier training for voiceover talent with a global coaching team of award-winning, nationally-recognized broadcast and media pros. This includes the recently launched Talent Inner Circle, or TIC, which offers online coaching programs and resources for all levels of voiceover talent. And I am gonna send it over to you, JT. Do We have, I can't see, do we have Law in the room yet? Uh, No. No, we do not. I did just email her. (laughs) Yes, and I texted her. So we'll just, let's just chat a little bit first about maybe what we wish we'd known before we applied to an agent.
2: Yes, and feel free to pop in any questions that you have in the chat and we will either address those until law gets here or uh, save them for her. So, um, some of you may have heard my story before, but i I waited. I I was doing this for almost 15 years before I decided to go ahead and submit all of my stuff for representation because i I had no idea how to do that, where to do that if I had enough experience to do it. Like, did I need to be running commercials nationally? Did I have to be in the union? And so I just thought, well, you know what? I'm doing okay. I don't, I don't need to go that far. And, uh, so I waited, (laughs) I waited a very long time because I just wasn't sure when the right time was to do that. Um, I know your story is a little bit different than mine.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I I got this idea and I don't know I bet there's some people in the room who have felt the same way where I thought that the only way to be successful was to have an agent that is this this mentality that seemed to be pervasive right from the beginning that it was like oh you have to have an agent this is what's absolutely necessary and um I just got this idea in my head that that was what I needed to be successful and that until I found an agent I wasn't going to be successful So, um, uh, sorry, I've got a message from law, so I'll let you take over for just a second and I'll send her a link. She's okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I, my, yeah, I, I kind of felt like I, I wasn't able to consider myself a professional until I got that agent, which was really kind of ridiculous after 15 years and, I did have national spots and so that that just didn't make sense. But again, I didn't know what what I should be doing. What ducks did I need to have in a row to be able to approach an agent and say, Hey, I think we'd be a good fit for each other.
1: So, so what changed, JT? What made you decide after fifteen years then to start looking uh, for agents?
2: You know, the the funny thing was I because my background is audio production, um, I w- I'd produced my own demos. And at, at one point I decided, okay, you know what? I need to have them professionally produced. So I went to J. Michael Collins and I did some coaching with him. And he asked me during one of our sessions, you know, who are you represented by? I said, I'm not. He's like, what do you mean you're not? I said, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and he said, well, you need to be. And he started rattling off a list of, of names of people that I should contact and said, um, let me know if you need an intro to any of these people, because I'm happy to do it. So I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, you definitely can go ahead and, and get some representation. So um, it it took a nudge for me to jump off the deep end and... <laughs> And go ahead and get my agents. And that was last year.
0: Yeah. And see, I, on the other hand, was seeking it out from the beginning. I was emailing agents. I was applying to every roster that I could. I I came in with all the confidence in the world and got nowhere really fast. And I, like you, coached with someone. And um, I had a demo. And I was coaching with them. At the end of the coaching session, they were like, it was – Roger Becker, who I love, and he doesn't coach anymore, but we're going to have him on the show later on. He's a talent agent now. And he says, what do you want? Like, what can I give you in this agent, in this industry? I will help you with whatever you want. And I said, I really want an agent. And same thing. He was like, you don't have an agent. And so he, um, he got me an agent and, uh, I waited about two weeks and they called me and I was like, I thought I'd made it. And I, And I realized really fast that agency work is less than 10% of our overall work and that I just needed to keep hustling and doing the things I was doing. So, you know, yeah. we, get, we get this idea that it's the end all be all of everything, but it's not um, It's not the most important thing, right? No. And Law said she's going to join. I. She's here. Not, He's oh, here. She, here she is. Yay. Okay.
2: <laughs> and you Law, know? we're so glad you made it. We- we gave you a lovely intro, and you'll have to just listen to the replay <laughs> to, um,
3: <laughs> to hear that. How I'm are you? super excited to be here. Thank, thank you. you. I'm terrific. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and in. It's wonderful uh, to talk to all of you. And I, I, I have to agree with Alicia. I think that that is right on. Um, I don't think that anything um, is end all be all in voiceover. I really feel as an entrepreneur, you know, we all have to work hard and hustle and have a lot of buckets that that fill up our days. And so I, I agree, I do think it's a mistake to just rely on one source for work. I think it's wise not to put all the eggs in one basket and really work hard to diversify your portfolio so that you're really, you know, you know, God forbid something goes down. You're not completely relying on it, like that business that has two or three big clients and then they can lose those clients and their whole business is gone. So mm-hmm. uh, so that was a great point. Thank you for making that one. <laughs>
2: well, so we, we did, I read your bio, we did an introduction, um, apart from what we read, there was so much more to your story. You've won multiple awards in recognition of your contributions to your community. You've written articles for multiple industry publications. You're currently a contributing expert for Backstage Magazine and Canvas Rebel. You have your own podcast called Be Happy, Be Heard. And man, that's a lot of hats to wear. So I wanna start with that. Which of those things is your favorite hat and which is currently your main focus? Oh, wow, that's
3: a hard one. <laughs> you couldn't start with something easier. <laughs> uh, it's a great question, though. Um, Yeah, I wear a lot of hats. I think that partly it's the nature of, you know, what we do. And now that I'm uh a rep and i'm an agent you know we do a lot we move fast we're always hustling for work but i think that you know way before i was an agent to be quite honest with you that's my nature it's kind of my makeup i was a uh, performer i was an actor for many years i became a voice over talent did both became a producer and director college professor i did that for 10 years before i opened my studio and then when i opened my studio um sort of the the ceiling burst, if you will, like with all the opportunities and possibilities that that were happening. And at that time, it's really interesting, at that time, uh, that was about almost 15 years ago, I've had my studio. Um, we were starting one of the worst recessions that the, the US had ever seen. And that was the first five years of my business. And uh, anyone knows that if they're starting any kind of business, the first five years is, a, is the hardest time. It really is. It's the, more businesses go down in their first five years. So <clears throat> one of my <laughs> one of my big purposes was to simply not go down and just to stay as afloat. You know, for me, um, failure was not an option. So in order to do that, I felt like I had to be very diverse. I had to have a variety of things going on. I couldn't just rely on one because I really didn't know the market yet. I had no idea what the market was. At that time, I was not an agent. I was starting a studio and um, putting together a coaching team and uh, had, you know, delusions of grandeur to do full-scale production work. And I I didn't even know about showcasing yet that I was capable of doing that. That was something that came into play a few years into it. But all I knew was I wanted to pay the rent. I wanted to stay in business, and I wanted to have a studio, and so, in order to do that, I had to say yes more than I said no. So, some of my favorite things have been coaching because I'm a real mama. I, I I'm a I'm a mama in in my personal life, and I'm a mama at my studio, and I'm a mama in the agency. Uh, we have a very personalized caretaking. Sort of high touch approach to everything we do, in caring for people and taking care of people. I always feel like it's about people first, then then stuff, then you know then money. So So I always kind of followed my heart in that regard. Coaching was a big deal. Producing and directing was a big deal. I was still doing live theater. Um, this was way before COVID and loving it, <laughs> really loving it. That that was my whole background, believe it or not, coming from the stage. And then moving, slowly transitioning into media and multimedia and finding my way through TV, film, voiceover opportunities. And, and, and lo and behold, I was starting to really flower out the studio into larger markets. So starting out in New England, I had these, you know, my utopia was to be in New York or LA. That's really where I wanted to be. And um, and my dream sort of came true because I was able to c- create signature showcasing experiences that I would mirror from my conservatory days and my graduate school days, where I could take actors and voice talent and showcase them in front of the best agencies and casting and producers in the world really arguably in the world and 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 the cool the cool part of it jen is that what i could not do for myself as an actor when i was younger i became for other people so i got really ballsy like I grew some chutzpah, you, you better believe it. I was, a, I was a meek little lamb when it came to myself. But when it came to someone else, I would run you over with a truck in order to get that person the opportunities they need and deserve. And so that's the mama in me. <laughs> and so that, that became my value proposition to do, to do that kind of thing. And then, and then skip uh, right into the COVID days where uh, I had the bright idea to open an agency division for voiceover. Because I feel like when you're a business person, you're always looking for, you know, what the pain points are, like, people are in trouble, they're hurting, why are they hurting? Well, in the New England community, we didn't have a voiceover division, there was no There was no representation of that and that made me feel bad i'm a union member i wanted to have representation for not only actors but voice talent and so i pitched this to all of my agency friends in new england and i was shot down by everyone but one and lo and behold i was um, brought in to to literally start pioneer and create the mcbo talent division of model club inc which is housed in boston and now is three years old and it now we're all over the world we represent five different countries Uh, we got a ton of people from not only my my home state of massachusetts and new england but also you know every every state in the country really and and five other countries so it's incredible it's it's really incredible. I hope that answered your question. It
2: absolutely did. And I was just gonna say, that is incredible to just step in and say, okay, I, I need to do this. <laughs> you need to let me do this. <laughs> and wow. So going back to the reason that we, we wanted to have you speak tonight, um, what do you say a talent needs to have ready before they approach an agent i mean there's there's a lot that goes into this question so um well let's break it down into pieces um and start with experience what do you think they need in terms of coaching
3: awesome question jen awesome um i am a strong advocate for coaching of course i'm totally biased because you know i'm a coach (laughs) and i've been coached myself for years but i love coaching because Um, unlike a group dynamic which is you also need that as well i don't think coaching takes the place of everything else you need classes you need group dynamics you need your group accountability you definitely need that but there's something about coaching especially if it's one-on-one um that is that is very like that mix of therapy and accountability and tools and techniques it's just with a really great coach and great coaching team that's on your side they really need to hold your feet to the fire and keep you on momentum and accountable but also kind of get you they have to work at your pace they have to make it workable for you and your life because everyone's coming into it from a different place you can't we don't have an off-the-shelf approach like you know, you must coach every week or this amount of time every week or must do this because that would be very limiting for a lot of the people coming in from, who have other careers that they need to sustain or they have families or they're traveling. I really do think that voiceover is one of those crafts and careers that can mold itself a little bit around your life and your lifestyle, as long as we're realistic about what our goals are and what we're trying to achieve. I always joke with my, my team and my clients, they say little things, um, little things like I'll say, you know, I would really love to be a 22 year old Scandinavian supermodel, but that ain't happening. <laughs> it just ain't happening. If you all saw me, it ain't happening. And I say that to prove the point that, that shouldn't be my goal it's not realistic it's not attainable it's not achievable so you want to work with coaches and a coaching team that can sort of keep it real for you you know talk truth with you and and keep you on the ground but also elevate you and and keep your big dreams alive and and get your goals going so that your dreams have some deadlines hooked on to them so i think it's a i think it's an art form i think it really is to to be a great coach and to have a great coach or coaching team and I, and i do believe in an organic approach too. I don't think one coach is necessarily enough. I think that we grow and change, and I I like different coaching um, personalities and approaches and and different mindsets, and I think that that really helps us to 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 grow and flourish in our careers rather than sticking to one coach and falling into a mindset that. I have to please this coach. I have to make them like me. I have to make them proud of me. I don't want to let them down. It really shouldn't be about that coach, their their person. It should be about the goals at hand in your career. And you should have a a great working relationship with the coach, but not be doing it for them. It it really has to be for you.
2: Absolutely. And yeah, the the point of having the goal is is That's so important. I think a lot of people jump in without having that, you know, what, what is your ultimate reason for, for getting into this? So, um, after coaching and when you feel like you're ready, I think everybody's next step is the demos, right? So before submitting to an agent, does a talent need to have a professional demo?
3: Yes, they do. They need to have that demo. And I would suggest that you work with your coaching team to really focus and target, um, the kind of work that you want to be getting. And you should really know what that is. It doesn't mean you can't diversify. You certainly can, but you should upfront know the genre of work that you are best at, that your strongest suit and that you really like, if not love, um, uh, and create a demo that is specific to that genre and then you want to target the agents or casting or producers or private clients that really handle that kind of that kind of work that kind of client base you don't you want to be careful of you know um going after say commercial agents and then sending them too many other kinds of demos. We get that a lot at the agency. We'll get like animation and narration and e-learning. And I'm really always impressed by that. I'm never offended by that. I never <laughs> I never look down on that talent. I always feel like they're working it. They're doing they're they're putting together their portfolio. They're going in different avenues. But then I'll come right back to them and I'll say, Hey, where's your commercial demo? Mm -hmm. Well, well, I don't have it yet. Well, I'm working on it. Well, I'm upgrading. I said, well, that's fine. We'll keep these as a placeholder for you, but just know we kind of need that because that's our bread and butter industry. That's that's 90% of our work that we're gonna get as commercials. So if a producer wants to listen to you or one of our clients needs to hear you or wants a demo submitted, they really do want it in the genre of work that they're casting for.
2: Right. Um, now, have you ever accepted talent with a homemade demo
3: um i'm sure I have, but I think the caveat to that, Jen is that they 've been audio engineers okay um they 've been people that are are proficient in prose. At, at cutting their own demos. Um, we, we typically can hear as a team, if it's like, you know, been put together in a garage <laughs> or a basement, <laughs> it's not industry standard. It has, you know, reads on there from like Feline's basement and Leechmere and Enron, you know what I mean? So it's <laughs> like, it can be easily quickly obsolete or dated or the quality of the audio is poor. Any number of things is a dead giveaway. Or another one is they're using copy from online. That's a very typical mistake that a lot of EOs make if they're putting together their demo, either on their own or with their coaching team is to grab online scripts and just kind of record those. And they have to realize that they got that script easily, so did a million other people. Right so if we hear right. that we know it becomes a demo mill or 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 they're just throwing it together because they don't they don't really know any better so that's something that you have to be really really careful of that's a giveaway that it wouldn't be a professional demo because you have to you have to kind of trick people's ear into thinking that it's real work that it's fully produced real work so ultimately i shouldn't be able to tell the difference between a job that you got paid for and uh you know a read that you're doing in your demo session i really shouldn't be able to tell the difference it should be fully produced music sound effects completely cleaned like perfect really perfect sounding because you're not in real time you're in recorded time and in recorded time it should be perfect if there are any mistakes you you got to catch them and take them out and so you need a really good qualified team to catch those mistakes and have the right software and be able to have the gift of putting together a beautiful vocal portfolio for you.
2: Now, one of the other things I've noticed is that the trend seems to be shifting, you know, especially on people's websites, toward samples, like individual samples versus uh, a demo with just 15, 20 second clips of the spots so what about a playlist of professionally produced samples rather than
3: a single demo reel i think it's great Jen. i think you should do both actually i mean i think in your ultimate universe if you have a website and you're sending a link or you have an online profile you're sending the link out you know above the fold before we have to scroll anywhere should really be your demos and if you want extended versions, like a la carte, full versions of each one of those jobs, that that's awesome. I would totally do that. You just run the risk that the person listening may not have as much time to listen to two or three extended pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're moving fast and they're doing a casting, it, it's it's simpler and quicker to expedite a one minute demo, which they still may not listen to. They still may only listen to 20 or 30 seconds if they love the voice. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people are very guilty of that one. So, so I don't think, I don't, I think it's great. I just know it may or may not be listened to. So I would put it all on there and put it on there in priority of how you want it seen and how you want it heard. And the. The most pithy, quickest bites that represent your voice should always be up front.
2: Okay, that's great advice. Um, So the big question of the night is, how do you know you're ready to take the step and look for representation?
3: i you know it's funny i was just talking about this out at bo atlanta when i did my commercial panel which i love so much and i got a question similar to this and i i feel i mean this is my opinion of course but i feel like um if you're working with a good team of people or a great coach they're going to help advise you as to your readiness of when you should be shopping your your work, okay? Um, It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just means you want to check in and you want to get a community response of people who know you and are working with you to see where you're at. I'm one of those people, though, that I love giving chances and firsts to people, so I don't necessarily need someone who's worked before or who has an extensive resume um or who's famous we have people on our roster like that who are really really big but right next to them we have people that are a fraction of their age who have never done a professional job and i really love that part of it is my own personalization of remembering many many times in my life what it felt like to just never have a chance that I needed to have to walk through the door because I didn't have this credit or that credit or know this person or that person. Um, that being said, it really does have to be um, competitive, industry standard. It has to show you off 100% to your ability. And it has to be something that would reasonably, again, sound like work. It can't be something outside of that because no one no one would offer you a chance to work if they didn't feel like you were representing their shingle or their business professionally. So when you work with an agent or anyone else for that matter, any client that you're gonna work with, you're representing their work, you're representing their business. So you always wanna have the best practices ready to go in what you're presenting to them. And everything we do is a work in progress. So never think of anything as really being done. It's just I'm catching it in a certain place that is readiness to be heard or be housed in an agency. But I'm working on another demo now and I'm I'm doing my extended versions and I'm updating my website and I'm I'm a work in progress. So that development is really important to have over the course of your lifetime. And we're doing it too on our end for our businesses. We're we're never done, far from done. Oh. Always rebranding, re envisioning, reigniting, right?
2: <laughs> always, always. So, to speak to that, where are some places? Um, how do you suggest people find the right agency matches? You were saying that people come to you with the e learning demos and the animation demos, and that's not what you do. Where, where can they find, like, where's a good place for people to start looking at agencies they want to be with?
3: Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. And that's why, you know, when we run our studio and we have colleagues that do this as well, the business, the branding business and marketing aspect of what we do is so, so important. You've got the actor's craft and the delivery craft and the, the technical craft of what we do, but the business end is really, really important. So you need to you need to do a lot of work you need to do a lot of homework and do a lot of research we resource people all the time so whether it's let's say they're going to go to a live audition or a live showcase Uh, let's say they're going to do a blast where they want to paste their information and demos nationwide or to particular regions Um, or maybe they want to um, you know do uh put together an email introduction of themselves and their work we're helping people do all of these because i don't think i don't think one avenue is a fit for any one person i think that they have to discover what they're comfortable with and also they have to delegate right so you guys as you grow bigger in your business and your business grows your team has to grow and your your services have to grow so you have to delegate uh, jobs to other people when you're ready to do it. You know, not at the start, you don't have the budget to do it and you don't oftentimes have the know-how or knowledge, but as you grow over time, you're gonna need help, right? Cause we don't know how to do everything. We're just not proficient in everything. And we don't always have the time for the learning curve of everything. So your team will grow as you grow, and they're gonna help you with some of these items like marketing, which is a 24 seven endeavor. Marketing never ends. You can be huge. Big, massive, it doesn't matter. You or your team are always marketing you, always. Um, and doing business, like having PR going on all the time, uh, making sure you're doing contributions to the community, to publications, um, to magazines, to um, you know podcasts and blogs and blogs. You always have to think, how can I be as active as I can in our community? And outside of the community because you want to you want to grow a client list too like you may want to work with mom-and-pop shops you may want to voice for um, Technology firms you may want to work medical so you're gonna have to put together start putting together hit lists or get help putting together hit lists of places that you're going to target with your package and be sending them You know your updates keeping in touch with them and really getting organized. So I think organization whether you have a CRM tool or whether you're just you know doing an excel sheet or doing a word doc, however you like to work is a okay. There's no right or wrong way. I mean, I love sticky notes. (laughs) I've been in business almost 15 years. I get sticky notes everywhere. I put them on my husband. He walks around with sticky notes. I mean, you know, my kids had sticky notes on their butt for years. It's okay. Like whatever works for you is is fine. That's the identity of your business, your personality, and how you want to show up in the world. And and it's got to be on your timeline, not anyone else's. No one's keeping score. It's really on your timeline.
0: I love it. That was really, really great advice. And if you don't mind me breaking in just real quick, we can do a half hour room reset. Um, If you've just joined us, we're VO Booth Besties. And our goal is to help working voice actors get the answers to their questions from pros like law who know. Tonight we're joined by the remarkable Lollapidus and we're discussing what voice voice actors need to know about submitting for representation. And I will toss it back to you, JT.
2: Thank you very much. Before I go on with my list of questions, um, NJ, do we have any questions from the chat?
1: Not really, but there's a couple that I thought of as we were going through. When a person is reaching out, um, when they feel like they're in a place to submit to an agent, is it better or do you prefer a cold
3: call or an email? Oh, great question. Um, And again, I'm only speaking for myself and what I what my what my sort of working knowledge is of working with a lot of agents that I'm friends with and other casting folks that I'm friends with in a general sense, we never want phone calls ever. We just don't, we don't do that anymore. What we do is, if we have a relationship with you, like Alicia could have my phone and she could text me and say, like, hypothetically, Law, where the heck are you? You're supposed to be at clubhouse tonight. I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. (laughs) Oh my God, where's the link? Okay, so Mm -hmm. that's always good to have text, be able to do that. But you wanna have a little bit of a established relationship for that. You wouldn't be texting people that you don't know yet. You wouldn't be calling them. Um, They just don't need you to do that. You'd want to submit via email. That's really still the industry standard and you'd want to have a really good um, cover letter for yourself to introduce yourself. And I always follow the rule, kiss it, K I S S kiss it, keep it short and sweet. It's really important because um none of us read a whole lot well we read a lot but we don't want to read a lot in one email we have to read like hundreds of emails every day because you guys know this already all the castings are coming in on email all the breakdowns are on email all the clients are on email so you know we can't read too much in one email so you want to keep it short and sweet no more than a very short paragraph you want to use poppy words poppy language Um and just you know add your link in there don't send attachments we don't want attachments just your link um to either your website or your online presence and then i and then if you add your social media channels that's totally fine you just have to be careful like go over them and scrub them with ajax scrub them meaning take off anything that's weird controversial creepy uh, stockish Uh, too political, et cetera, but just be careful about that because you're reaching out to people you don't know at all. So you have no idea how, how the perception is going to be if they Google you and they, and they see you somewhere on a social channel and it's crazy. So, so just like before you do it, go over everything that a prospective client or agent or producer could pop up within two minutes on Google or on your website. <clears throat> or socials. That,
1: that's a really great golden nugget because a lot of people I, I even um, helped um, one voice actor she had sent me an email and just by chance there she had in her signature block some of her socials and I clicked on them they didn't work and so that's just to your point like not only scrub it for you know so, because obviously that's gonna be a first impression but also make sure your stuff works you know what I mean
3: Yes, and I, I would I would agree I would test everything all the time and believe me you guys don't like be freaked out about it because we're all going through it. Like my stuff breaks all the time. Links break, things happen. You know, you're dealing with technology and technology is very fragile. It you know, it works today and doesn't work later. So you have to be patient with that, but do the due diligence, whether it's you or someone on your team or someone in your family, just check it. In fact, one of the items I got from the Atlanta conference that I actually forgot about and I was reminded that I loved was Google yourself every now and then. Pop yourself up on Google and see where you're listed. Where are you listed and what does it say? And what projects are you connected to? Because that's exactly what your prospects are gonna see when they pop you up on Google and they're gonna talk about like the first three or four things they see. So if they say, hey, you worked at this college, how was the teaching? You say, wait a second, that was a long time ago. I don't even remember. They'll say, well, wait a second, I found it on Google. Is it not accurate? So so just be be, look through the lens and through the eyes of the people that you're sending your portfolio to. See what they see before they see it. That's perfect. Now,
1: can you share with
3: people in the audience, um,
1: our Thursday night, oftentimes we have maybe newer VO folks or people who just kind of want to revisit you know, VO 101. And could you kind of speak to the difference between regional agents versus more like national agencies? And how does that differ? Does the work differ? Are they all still getting the same auditions? Can you kind of speak to regional versus larger
3: agents? Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's great, Jen. So, um, simply put, simply put regional agents are reps that are in a particular region. So I'll look, uh, I'll use new England, for example, I'm based in Boston. So the region for us would be the New England states, all of the New England states. So when an agency signs an actor, whether they're on camera or voiceover, they're typically going to sign them across the board for the region they're in. And that has changed through the years. It used to be the state that you're in. Now they want to cover larger territories. So, buyer beware for those of you in the audience who are a little bit more experienced in getting contracts from agents that you have to read that contract really really well because they're now using the wor- the word worldwide. Worldwide. That's a scary word to use and it's legal, which means you can't sign with anyone else anywhere in the world. So, be careful of that stuff if you're in a region you can sign a contract in that region or you can freelance in that region and you're typically going to work with clients uh, for the region only. So for instance, we'll get a lot of auditions uh, in Massachusetts and New England for the region of New England clients. So if we get a Blue Cross Blue Shield, it'll be a regional commercial that will be shown in whatever states in new england only okay the national the national <clears throat> will go national um and your breakdowns will be totally different you'll have regional you'll always have regional and local clients but you're going to go more national so what i did was and this was a little <laughs> this is a little unorthodox for new england but what i did was i brought national auditions to new england so that that was a weird thing to happen they don't they didn't sag after didn't know what to make of that one at all because you're under local contracts when you're when you're dealing with the union Um, and non-union they hadn't seen that at all they literally had not seen talent ever from outside of new england audition in new england so that was pretty cool to be able to bring national and now online and international work into the region so we are not only national but we're international so we could get web usage we could get national commercial spots we could get animations that run all over the world we can get that because we welcome that in so typically your larger hubs your new yorks your la's and agents that are there who have several offices oftentimes they um may be national, they may want to cover you nationally, if they're signing you under a contract, or they might say, no, we don't need to do that. We just need to cover you for LA. So we're going to get in, most of our clients are going to be for um, LA. And you can work with other agents outside of the geographical jurisdiction. New York is the same way. So can you, ex,
1: can you expand yeah. on that, that That to let folks know that they can have more than one agent as long as there's not a conflict in region?
3: Yeah, and that's actually um, more and more of an industry standard now. And I, I think the main reason as I talk to agents about that is, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think most try to be reasonable people and good people and they know that they just can't give any one talent another enough work to live on. They just can't, even the bigger agencies can't do that. Yeah. And so, yeah, so if you sign exclusive, I know you didn't ask me about contracts. No, go ahead, go connected. ahead. Yeah, if you sign exclusive, I think it's a wonderful compliment to, you know, especially if it's a it's an upper tier agency, it's like, they love you, you're good, check, check. But meanwhile, you have to go away and say, Am I going to be married to this agency, and I always feel like it's better to date before you get married? Mm. You could go for months and months without auditions or you could go and get auditions and not get booked, and then you can't work anywhere else. I so think. what I suggest is you know work with different people, work with different places, work with different agencies. you know a lot of the agencies that sign you exclusively they want a cut of every single job you do, whether they had a hand in getting that job to you or not. Mm -hmm. You could go get a personal client. They want a cut of that. So that's like another reason to be careful of an exclusive, exclusive contract, you know? Uh, So there's good and bad with that. But, but in the larger hubs, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get regional clients. You're going to get national clients. You're going to get international clients. Cool. Now, Do you um JT tried to touch on this earlier? Do you feel
1: like there is a time in business or number of jobs that a person like, or not even that a person thinks they need to do that a cast that a that an agent would go, okay, yeah, I'll consider you? Or is it just all about the voice and the demo and the acting?
3: Um Jen, can you say that again? I just want to make sure I understand the Does an
1: actor before they decide to submit to an agent. Is it, is there sort of a standard time in business or like a certain number of jobs or kind of like clients um, that they, you know, like kind of can present to you in a resume form, go look here, I've been doing work and I can prove myself and I'd love to get representation or is it really come down to the demo, the voice and the pitch?
3: Yeah, see, that's such an awesome question. It's so subjective too. So I have agent friends that are in you know upper tier agencies they're very big and they're they're quite honest they'll say listen we can't listen to you we can't we can't um review you unless you have x amount of credits unless you've worked with x amount of jobs or agencies or we have our criteria for what what would make us listen to you um the boutique agencies are are a little bit different and that's why i love i love smaller boutique agencies because they're going to oftentimes pay attention to you remember your name submit you more Um, you may be busier you may not get lost in the agency right because you're kind of the low person on the ladder when you come into a a larger scale agency that's had people working in there for years and years and years you can easily be forgotten and left out uh, or just not book as easily so i love the boutiques i totally love them and the boutiques Uh, where a boutique are, seem to be across the board, much more open and amenable to newer, newer talent, fresh talent, unproven talent. But again, they, they still are all similar in that they want to hear that you've done your homework you know what you're doing you've got a broadcast quality studio you've got your source connect ready to go your demo is killer it represents you and and it those are just kind of the standards that you do need to have in order to be um considered uh professionally it's really really important because if you don't have those it's like a dead giveaway that you're just not a working professional because you couldn't work if you didn't have those things in place.
1: Okay, that's perfect. Um, So do you find for so so a couple things that are takeaways uh, that I'm already picking up on are that folks need to do the research, they 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 need to do the research about who they're contacting because you don't want to contact an agency who may not really um work in your type of genre of vo and then you just look like silly if you did that but then the other thing is would you say that having your your commercial demo ready to go would be your best calling card
3: well jen i mean i always felt Like, yes, because there's so much work in commercial work. You know, I'm a commercial agent. I love the commercial world. You know, a a lot of the work is in commercials. However, I do want to pay attention to what the talent is feeling and how they feel. I was just talking to a talent I was working with today. And I said, you know, you need you should think about making a commercial demo. And he's a young talent. And he said, yeah, to be honest with you, I, I." I have um, a bad reaction to that. I, I, I don't like commercial work. I don't want to really do that. I, I said, well, um, then don't, <laughs> then really don't because there's so many people standing right behind you who are dying to do it, who love doing it, That's who right. are it and want it, and it's their stories to tell. And so don't force yourself to do it just because you think it's an industry standard. You have to do it because, it's a service that you want to sell you want to represent and you want to put your 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 heart and soul into so i i think it's a little bit of both jen i think you have to think about that first because it is big bread and butter industry Mm -hmm. you have a repugnant feeling towards it or you're not jazzed by it or whatever then pay attention to that because the truth is you're not going to deliver well you're not going to want to do the jobs you're not going to even want to do the auditions So So let me
1: ask one more question, then I'm going to turn it back over to JT, because I think she has one or two more questions for you. But my last question is, you know, we kind of hear the, you know, quote unquote horror stories of people who choose who are new to the industry and just don't know what they don't know. So we're not being mean or critical, but they just don't know what they don't know. And they submit before they basically they've submitted to agents before they've even booked a job. we hear the horror story like, oh, that's a black mark. Or if you're submitting a, 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 a home produced demo versus a professional one, d- d- in your experience, does this genuinely impact their career or are you just putting them in the trash pile and moving on? I gotta imagine you don't have time to write back or make your blacklist where you're like writing out names, you know, of people. How, how do you, I mean, what's kind of the reality of that?
3: Well, I mean, I I can only speak for myself. I'm sure everyone does something a little bit different I, We're I'm moving fast. Like we're moving really fast. Right. So um, my goal is never to, mm, I don't know what the word is, but never, never to, to negate someone or disregard someone or to slight someone in any way. It just isn't, I'm too much of a mama to do that. And I feel like I got a little bit of love and respect for everyone who's trying to make it in this industry. Okay challenge. Um, So I'm not there to ditch your stuff or trash you or anything like that. I just feel like you have a value and you're presenting your value to me, just like I'm presenting my value as a business to a client. And if it's not presented professionally, if I'm not following the industry's best practices, if I'm doing something that's offbeat, I just may not be taken as seriously. I'm just, may not be in that, you know, t- that check pile yeah. of, yeah, let's let's review this and let's get back to them. And maybe like, you know, we're gonna wait because they're not ready yet. They're just not ready yet. They need to go out and do some more learning and some more growing and some more training. Um, and And I chalk it up to that. In my mind, I don't have a, I don't have a black ball or black list of any kind. I don't believe in that. It it goes against my grain completely. So I I, see everyone be super successful and super happy about what they're pursuing. Um, But if they get that so-called rejection, which sometimes isn't even a rejection, it's just they can't use your value or they don't know how to place you or they already have 10 voices that sound like yours. Um, you have to just, you know, put your armor on. You're all little warriors. You're little VO warriors, you know? (laughs) You have to put your armor on. You have to say, that's okay. I appreciate you, and I'll be back in three or six months. Let me go do some work. Let me go approach some other people. The world is really big. You've got a lot of places that you can be sending your stuff and talking to and and lots, like lots and lots. Be creative. Be as creative as you can be and Mm -hmm. have group by your side that you can be you know having accountability working on creative ideas marketing together because you'll you'll really see that you know when one door closes another one opens that's just right so i don't i don't have that 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 um blacklist pile so to speak i always feel like if someone sends me um junk i'll say okay well that's not it um they send me something a year later, if I even remember them or I remember what they sent to me at the beginning, I would listen to it. I would want to see what they're doing. I'd want to see what they're up to for sure. All right, cool. All
1: right. Well, JT, let me turn it back over to you. I think you had one or two more questions. This is flying by. This has been hugely um, informative.
2: It is. And I am looking over my list. I still have, I have more than, you know, um, but I'm going to just pick a like one or two more. Top questions. Um, back in your bio, we mentioned the talent inner circle, and I, I think with all the discussion on coaching, I'd like you to tell us a little more about what that is.
3: Oh, sure. Thanks for asking. So, the talent inner circle is um, is our subscription base from our studio side. So, the studio side, which is Law Lapetus Company, that's our studio. Is a separate entity than MCVO. So MCVO runs under the umbrella of Model Club Inc. I run both of them, but but just to, you know, it's a separate entity. So Talent Inner Circle, we call it TIC for short, is under the studio. We we created it about seven months ago because we had a lot of folks who were with us under the studio saying, you know, now that we're all online, we'd like to connect. Uh, we're connecting with other people. Is there a way we can form a community together? So I said, yeah, let's do, let's do a membership base so that you can, you know, just, you know, pay a really low fee every month and just come in and we're going to offer a ton of programs because whether you're coaching or not, whether you're in production or not, whether you're auditioning or not, everyone's always in between something and they want support as they're in between things, you know, in between auditions, in between coaching sessions. So the goal was really for professional development, education, connections and networking, and and just getting in front of really great people. So I I I have running classes that run every week, mm-hmm. all in the membership, and then I have drop-ins that happen weekly. And those are everyone from agents to casting to producers. I have photographers that come through. I have marketing people. I just I just feel like I want a, a, a organic community uh, that are connected to us to come together. So it becomes a one stop shop for people who are looking for different advice, resources, services, rehearsal buddies, readers. I mean, you name it, um, you're gonna find it in the group. So we have about hundred uh, 120 or so members in our group now. We launched it about seven months ago. And it's just so exciting to just be together and see each other. and And it's really funny, JT, we were in Atlanta and we got to see some of our people in person and it was just so, joyous it was so incredible to hug and kiss people that we've only seen online and met online and just to get to be with them and support them in their endeavor so that's what the talent in our circle is it's just a really fun exciting and educational online 100 percent online community and everything we do is recorded so everyone's always watching the replays which is nice yes yeah Uh, those
2: educational moments are so often lost when it happens and you're like wait what did i say how did and yeah the replays are just they're invaluable for sure uh oh my gosh 856 <laughs> i bet <laughs> holy cow
0: um ab i'm going to let you take over here okay i'm happy to take over here and we are uh we are done and it has been amazing. Law, thank you for joining us. But no, wait, we... before we let her go. Oh. Yep. That's what I was going to give us. Okay, some, I'm our, sorry. Our that's okay. He, she knows me well enough to know. I, I get distracted easily. Um,
3: <laughs> As do we all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're going to ask you a couple of fun questions, James Lipton style. Oh, um, I love it. <laughs> our first question is what singer band or composer are you enjoying right now?
3: Um, Right now. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Sergio Mendes and the Brazil, 66. All right. Love them. Um, and uh, pops of Barry Manilow, which really get me going.
0: I love Barry Manilow. I grew mm. up with Barry Manilow records mm. in my home.
3: Mm. Just what about podcasts? So what
0: mm. about podcasts? What's your favorite podcast recently?
3: Oh, are you ready for a shameless plug? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a podcast that I'm involved with, actually, that I, I really, really deeply love. It's um Anne Ganguz's VO Boss, and I have been um, a guest co-host on it with her for eight months. And I love it because well, I love her. Um, but <laughs> aside from that, um, uh, we just go on these like little Alice in Wonderland journeys down rabbit holes and it becomes philosophy and psychology and you know, spirituality and just everything about not just voiceover, but about being a person in the world and being a business owner and being family members and how we balance all of that. So I find it incredibly useful and informative, but also therapeutic as well. So that's my favorite. (laughs) I have to
2: agree. And I think I've listened to almost every one of those episodes.
3: Oh, thank you. That's so great. I love it. We get together on a Saturday, we bang out two or three of them together and we just enjoy each other's company and we're on different coasts. She's in Cali and I'm in Boston. And it's like we're right there having croissants together. That's how it feels. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of croissants, what is, our last question is, what is your favorite dessert?
3: Oh man, you're killing me. Uh, there's too many. Um, I, I will say, believe it or not, I love like um, birthday cake and frosting. <laughs> I would that, I sacrifice my kids for that. Like, I just love that. That's so
0: funny. I I hate frosting. I'm such a weirdo. I like the cake, but I don't like the frosting. <laughs>
3: I'll take the frosting and I'll give you the cake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much. And I'll turn it back over to JT.
2: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, Thanks to all of you in the audience for joining us as well. We want to remind everybody that Booth Besties has grown to two nights a week. So we invite you to join us on Monday and Thursday nights.
1: And actually, a quick note, I... Uh, Rob Siglin Paglia messaged me. We'll have to reschedule him. Something came up, a family matter for Monday. So we will have a new speaker for you on Monday. Don't worry. But in the meantime, be sure to follow VOBB on LinkedIn and connect with each of us, Alicia, Jen Tafoni, Jen Greenfield on um, LinkedIn as well. And as I mentioned at the top of the hour, we have opened a new Facebook group. Um, This is uh, similar to our house where you have to answer some questions. We're gonna keep it to new and working VO. And so we hope you'll go over there and join. And we also have an announcement we'd like to share with you. So go over and check that out. If you want- link at the top. Oh, thank you, link at the top. If you want to hear replays of tonight's episode or any previous episodes, you can now listen on our podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can find um, them on our podcast page at boothbesties.com. We're done for tonight, guys. Have a great evening. Good night. Good night.
3: You ladies are awesome. Thank you much. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another
0: episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well
1: pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts
2: and follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. Video booth besties. Yeah, it's a thing.